TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 538, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue and live in Hollywood. And this is Tom, and I chair communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. All right, let's start off with the news, and Tom, hit us up. What do we got? Yes, ABC has renewed The Good Doctor and The Rookie. Yay! They've also- They've also announced that Rome Flynn from How to Get Away with Murder is going to recur on Grey's Anatomy. Fallout se- the Fallout series at Amazon has cast Ella Purnell from Yellow Jackets. I'm pretty sure she was Jackie in a lead role. She'll be joining Walter Goggins. Apple TV Plus, Coda's Oscar win last Sunday has driven up overall viewership by 25%. Hmm. Uh, Squid Game star Hoyen, I- I'm sure I mispronounced that. You said well, can smack me later to star in alfonso cuaron's thriller series disclaimer and joel edgerton will star in a series adaptation of the book dark matter cbs has picked up ncis ncis la and ncis hawaii no surprise there uh this is the craziest news of the week disney plus has greenlit a a series based on the full monty with all the original cast and creators intact so really? you didn't ask for it, but they're giving it to you anyway, because they own the IP. Uh, <laughs> Hallmark has announced that Chesapeake Shores will be renewed, has been renewed for its sixth and final season. Hulu has announced that Victoria Pedretti from Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and you will star in the drama series Saint X. Netflix, uh, good news all around. Gillian Anderson has signed a first look deal with Netflix because she's a fan favorite and viewer favorite with... Uh, her appearances in The Crown and Sex Education. The Bridgerton Queen Charlotte spinoff series has set the original series stars Gorda Rochevel as Queen Charlotte, Adjua Ando as Lady Ganbury, and Ruth Gemmell, Lady Bridgerton. And they've added Michelle Fairley, who played Caitlin Stark on Game of Thrones. Oh, I and like her. Finally, yeah. And finally, Christina Ricci will return to the Adams family in the upcoming series Wednesday in an undisclosed role. At Paramount Plus, uh, April 5th, the Star Trek director's cut is going to drop in 4K. They never did a high-definition master of that because when they did the DVD, they had to completely... They um, Robert Wise never got his cut of the movie because Paramount needed to get it out for the release, so they took it away from him. And the dude won two Oscars for directing. I know. I'm so, so I'm actually um, excited about. I know that Libya thinks it's the worst thing ever made, but I, I'm excited. The director's I cut being, is yeah, good. I remember being a kid and liking the Star Trek movie, so I'm very excited to I've see this. I've seen movie. every version of that movie, and I fall asleep it's, every time. It's better. <laughs> Trust it's still me. not I've, good. It's better than well, the theatrical, but that's still not the same yeah. thing. There's no good. way. There is no way that Star Trek movie is worse than some of those bad Next Generation movies. I'm sure. <laughs> you mean, I mean, you like, mean the three of the four bad next generation movies? Yeah. Guys, like, we're, now we're off topic. 
We're off topic because okay. I would I would be I would these are fighting words, but I don't. This is not the <laughs> arena for it. But continue. Finally, wait, so wait, wait, Tom. Let, um, so wait, it's going to be on Paramount. Did you say what day it is? Is it today? Uh, April fifth, first contact day. So that's uh, a Friday? No, Thursday. April fifth. It's like a couple of days from now. Oh, it's <laughs> good <laughs> lord! Look at a calendar, Tom. Keep going. Third, right now. La- last, last piece of news: McKenna Grace, formerly of Young Sheldon and more recently of Ghostbusters Afterlife, has joined Peacock's limited true crime series, A Friend of the Family. And that's all the news. All right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve, Episode 5. And yes, I know we're a little behind, but that's my fault. Uh, But we haven't talked about this episode yet, so that makes it okay. Uh, This week's episode, uh, basically Villanelle gets on a kick of taking care of these terrible husbands of of all these women. And uh, (laughs) she called it her charity work, which I find (laughs) hilarious. Uh, so she's just like terrible, abusive husbands. She's just taking them out left and right and trying to help the women heal. Uh, but then she said charity begins at home. And uh, so now she's trying to kill the 13, which she's been trying to do, but apparently she's doing it with a vengeance now. And the thing about this episode, most of it was flashback with Carolyn and her old boyfriend. And then we find a young um Constantine which I guess I should have guessed that I feel like the clues were there and I'm an idiot for not figuring it out but all well, of they that cast ca- the guy who actually really looked like a younger version of him. right and that's why so I said I, I kicked myself him, I was like, yeah. yeah so what'd you think Allison I really like the episode I mean there this uh, although I I have to say the 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 first time she she kills the first husband I was, I was like, I was looking at it through my fingers. Yeah, was that was not good. Yes. That was, that was, unfortunately, we did not see actually what was going on, but it was That's bad okay. Enough. Imagination was good. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was perfectly fine. But yeah, I thought that, that the whole idea of, you know, her becoming this, this sort of avenging angel for these women, and that's how she can, she can justify, you know, oh, she's good because she kills the right people, um, was, was really really well done the stuff with Catherine, i i really enjoyed to finally get carolyn 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 excuse me carolyn was getting some background on her i thought that they did all the scenes in incredibly well yeah Um, the the thing that uh, i just think that they considering that they cast all the other characters really well as far as their their older and younger selves i thought they could have maybe done a better job with her because she the person who they cast just didn't get her as um, I, I didn't buy her as a, a, a younger version. Um, I was actually just is, distracted by her nose. She's like yeah, a she's really, like, really big nose. Like, and I, I found that super distracting for some reason. I, I kept thinking, well, is that supposed to be before she had the nose job? Um, <laughs> that's all I could come up with. She just doesn't look like her. And she, her mannerisms really weren't the same at all. She didn't really capture her. Whereas the guy who did Constantine not only looked like him, but he captured his mannerisms, which I thought was, was great. Um, that aside, though, I thought I, I really thought all of that was, was interesting and gave some context for the sort of person she is and where she's come from and finding out that, you know, this is kind of in, a family business kind of situation. Right. Uh, so all of that, all of that was great. I just really enjoyed the episode. And then the, uh, the stuff with Eve, with her kidnapping the kid, I was like, 
I was like, what do you think a top spy is going to do when she finds out you've kidnapped her daughter and made her feel vulnerable? I was like, uh, she's going to kill you, but she actually did something. Uh, she came in her sideways. She stuck a arrow in Villanelle and made her watch. Right. Well, Liz... she came at her the same way that, you know, Eve came at her. That's true. She, she went after somebody important to her. Right. And... And, you know, put that person, I don't think Eve would have ever hurt the kid, but she, she gave that sense of, of the child being in danger and saying, you know, I can toy with your kid like this. And she doesn't know that she's not going to kill her. Um, so all of that, all of that played into exactly what was done to Eve, especially because Eve keeps saying that, you know, she hates Villanelle and she just wants her put away and she wants nothing to do with her. But that's not, of course, true. Right. Exactly. And this is her saying that not only is she going to attack what she she loves, but that she knows she she loves her. She knows the feelings are there and right. and she can read her. So I, I thought it was just it was kind of a sending a message. Situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I huh? love the scene, though, between Villanelle and Constantine. Oh, yeah. It was sweet. It was sweet. They had a sweet moment. They did. I mean, you know, for all for all that they have been at odds with each other and their relationship is is nothing but completely weird and toxic. Um, there is this strange, very strange father daughter dynamic between right. them. And right. uh, they they kind of acknowledged that at the end, which I thought was lovely. Yeah, I agree. But all I know is I don't know how they're going to get Villanelle back on her feet by the end of the season, because obviously she can't be in the next episode. Um, but, or at least not up and moving. Cause that was well, a, real, well, first of all, that was a really big arrow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was a really, it was like, I was like, that is a huge arrow that's sticking out of her back right now. Uh, so yeah, thumbs up for me. I thought that that episode was great. Um, next up, we've got two episodes of Superman and Lois to talk about. Uh, and Tom, I know you wanted to talk about it last week, so I'm going to let you lead off the discussion. So what do you think about what's going on right now in Superman? I think Jordan got busted <laughs> the week before. <laughs> yes, he, he did. Give up his, he won't give up the girlfriend that we don't really give a rip about. Uh, not even a little bit. I mean, and... they tried to make us care about her in this last episode where she's like, I love you, Jordan. And I was like, you better considering he just threw away his entire, you know, career for you. Everything for him. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Was that the episode, was that the episode where uh, the general went full-on villain too? Uh, no, I, I that had already happened. So okay. the, so the, this the, the two, episode where... this was the one where they actually try to cross over. And the first group of people that try to cross over uh, disintegrate. And the general... And takes the inhaler and then he goes through fine and he takes the 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 jewel or whatever that amulet thing is and he crossed over and then everybody else got arrested and then i knew the sister was up to no good yeah well with sam sam thought the sister was in the first the the people that were disintegrated so he's having a shame spiral pity pity party and of course she turns up at the end of the episode and she's evil oh yeah yeah, she was like, I was the contingency plan. I was like, oh, good so, lord. 
Yeah. I, I mean, my thing is, I get her, even when she was like, I'm joining this cult to be part of my better self, that's all well and good. I can believe that she bought this crap that this woman was selling her, but to tell her, like, we're going to need you to betray your dad, drug him, get in, you know, infiltrate, like, I feel like that's a step further than just a regular joining a cult thing. I, I feel like that's that's full on, I don't know what that is. The the interesting thing about the newest episode is that uh, Clark goes chasing into the void and saying, you know, and is told you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it, and he gets in and we don't see him for the rest of the episode. I know. So the rest of the, so the, rest of the episode is fate is is everybody else, which is a mixed bag because you know most of us. Well, I think very... that uh, John. No, Jonathan is the one who got caught with the drugs. Jordan Jonathan is the got one caught with the drugs. Yeah, Jordan's, so Jordan's Superboy. Yeah, so I, I like Jordan trying to be like you said, Superboy trying, trying to, to... Fill, trying to fill in his for for his dad. Right, with Grandpa's blessing, and I thought Lois's reaction was a little. I don't know. I feel um, like that's appropriate. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. only like I mean, sixteen, and he's running around trying to fight supervillains. So uh, I and he's not, t- and he didn't tell her. So and yeah, then he's like, he's like, uh, I'm a superhero. I can do what I want. She's like, not while you're under my roof. And he was like, yes, I can. Because <laughs> what are you going to do to stop me? And I was like, okay. <laughs> Which was the wrong answer. I was that, like, that's when uh, she, that's when she finds some kryptonite, puts it on her hand, and spanks the crap out of her. That's what I was about to say. I was like, dude. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no! And you don't the, come uh, at your mom like that. Like that was crazy, because uh, he was basically not... saying, "You can't make me move out because I got superpowers." And I was like, "Really? You're gonna use your superpowers on your mom?" Okay. All right. I didn't buy that John Henry would forget his wife's his wife's. Uh, well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna write it up to his head injury because remember his yeah, head injury uh, was yeah, making yeah. him forget his a lot injury. of stuff. His head injury. That's it. Yeah, I, so, I'm just gonna go. That, I'm going that's... with that. I'm going with that. That's reaction was totally justified. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't. He didn't fully commit to it when she told him what was wrong, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot." <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> that was that. And, and but it and but it image. does show the whole people grieve in different ways, and True. for him, he was trying. He was trying to move on. He was really putting a lot of effort into moving on with his life and his daughter was not there she wasn't at that point yet so i get the conflict so that actually works for me because yeah everybody grieves at their own pace everybody reacts to grief in a different way so you can't really be mad at somebody for reacting in a different way than you are but she's a teenager so she doesn't really get that so I, I, i like that conflict that conflict worked However, and the stuff with the result of the marriage. Race yeah, I was about to say. Like, however, yeah, the whole that was boring. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? Go, go you. <laughs> well, my thing is, who thought that that dude was actually going to get reelected as mayor? Considering how much time we've put in this whole mayor race, I was like, yeah, she's going to win. Like, there's no, there was no tension. Hey. I did and not. One of from... them is a series. One of them is a series lead, and one, one of them is not. Values by other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had I had zero tension about that. I just whenever I see Lana, I just literally fast forward, man. It's like no, I don't care. And then her Which is and too her bad divorce. Because I, I like the actor, and I've liked her in other roles she's been in. But there's something boring. about they, something about the way they write her. She's so she she doesn't have a lot of agency. She seems to be there just to complain about you know 
my husband, my kids, my job, my whatevs. Yeah, and then the husband's boring. He's living in a crappy apartment. I don't care. Uh, there are not <laughs> enough words. Apartment, I'm like, Lydia's fast forwarding through this. <laughs> I did think it's interesting that Sarah is Sarah broke up with Jordan for exactly the reason that Jordan told his folks that he wanted to let her in on the secret, and he can't. So I'll be interested to see where they take that. Well, I mean, I understand Clark's point of view. You're not going to stay with whoever your teenage crush is. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and, look at him and Lana. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, he has a point. He's like, wait for the one that you're going to marry, and then you can tell her. Uh, but then there's also the point of how are you going to get that far if you're lying that much? But Seriously. anyway, anyway, let's move on. Uh, the two episodes, I like them other than the whole were, Lana thing. Were, and that's been decent. pretty well, consistent. Now that we have another huge break, we're going to actually see what this, uh, the Bizarro world, at least according to this show, looks like. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, and we got Bizarro uh, Jonathan. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Julia. And how many episodes do you guys want to talk about? I just saw the first one, thanks to Bridgerton, wasting my time on two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first two, we're going to talk first two episodes of Julia, because I think Peter saw three, I think. Yeah, they dropped three at the same time. So, but we'll they talk about three. the first two. How about that? I think it's not really the kind of show that, I mean, the things that I like, that <laughs> I, think, I think that the three of us like about it, is probably about all three episodes, even if narratively I'm a little further ahead. It's not that kind of, it's not like a super plotty show. Spoiler uh, alert. It's a hit. <laughs> but uh, I, I really, um, I'm really enjoying it. Like I don't know much about Julia child. I, I've saw, I've seen the movie there's an Amy Adams one, right? I think I've seen that movie. Yeah, Ju- it's, Julia uh, yeah. and Julia. Yeah. Julia and Julia. It's Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep. Right. Yeah. Street. And the actress playing, is it Sarah, what's her name, Allison? Lancashire. Um, Lancashire, yeah. Um, I, I, You know, it's kind of cool, and this is totally me. This is a me thing, not a um, on, on the actress's uh, fault or anything, but, like, watching a show where your lead person is someone I've never seen before. Or if I've seen her before, maybe I didn't remember or whatever. Um, so for me, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, David Hart Pierce is in this. Phoebe Newworth. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to see like two members of Frasier, like one of my favorite sitcoms, reunited, but obviously completely different like kind of show. Um, but the actress playing uh, Julia, I I don't really know much about her work, but I thought she was, I thought she was really terrific because she doesn't really seem to be just doing. She's not really just doing an imitation, like like an SNL skit of like, oh, I've got the goofy voice <laughs> down and everything. Like she really seems to do. And I think the show is good at this, too. She's kind of getting at the heart of, like, it's really a show about a person who, at 50, I think she's supposed to be 50 at this point, you know, wonders humbly, like, you know, could she do something like this? And obviously, because it's, like, 1961, she's dealing with, essentially, you know, people from, like, Mad Men that are, like, super sexist and everything and don't think she's pretty enough for that kind of show. I... I'm surprised how well the show – I wouldn't say the show is, like, super dark or anything, but, like, I think it it deals with um, issues of being in that kind of world in a way that obviously makes you root for her. And for the other woman who's a person of color that is um, 
Alice. Her producer, I, yeah, I don't, it's another actress I haven't seen, but I really, I really like it. I know I told Libby about this and Libby was very much like snooze, I have no interest in this. And, <laughs> and, I mean, look, you know, one of the things about television or movies or whatever is that there are times when someone might say, oh, this show's really good. And you'd be like, ah, you know, cooking show. I don't know if that's really up my alley. But I guess the hope is that if uh, people whose opinions you respect are like, no, you know, it's worth checking out, like, for these different reasons. That's uh, a pointed comment yeah. to me because that's literally what I said to him yesterday. Yeah, she really, <laughs> like, I have no interest. She is, she very much has no interest in this, but she wants me to catch up on a million scenes of some Star Trek. But that's another conversation. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think think that actually goes to um, a show that this made me think of, even though the subject matter is completely different, is uh, there's only murders in the only murders in the building. And it it gives me the same kind of warm, cuddly feeling watching this show that I got watching that. And it it actually is similar in the sense that I have zero less than zero negative. I mean, anti interest in in uh true crime podcasts none i mean i i i care more about sports than i care about that and i don't care about sports so but the the show itself is delightful and the actors are delightful and the storyline is interesting and the same thing goes here you don't have to like cooking shows although the food porn in this show is excellent Uh, yeah it is high quality top notch but uh, aside from that you don't it doesn't have to be a subject matter that that you are involved in that you care about the storyline is what matters the people are what matter um they focus on julia and her relationship with her husband paul and her friends um and and you it just is delightful julia as a character is so wonderful i mean you just you we want to know her you want to spend time with her and sarah lancashire who plays her um does a wonderful job she's not really quite there in the first episode i was kind of like i I don't know meryl streep was better um in the first episode but as she goes along i guess it's a combination maybe of she starts to live more in the role and starts to get the voice and the mannerisms better. And also, I think just as a viewer, you start to just accept her more. As, and she becomes Julia. Um, I did see the first three. We're not going to talk about the last one. But it's it, the my feelings were, by the time I was done with it, I just completely accepted her as Julia Child. And... I love the show. I I could have they dropped the first three episodes. I could have watched the entire series in one setting. I was I was like devouring it like one of her dishes. It was <laughs> wonderful. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? I loved it. My uh, my my mom and sisters watched uh, The French Chef when I was a kid, which means everybody did because there were no DVRs and no secondary TVs back then. And I thought she captured the spirit of Julia Child and many of, you know, a lot of the voice and mannerisms. I mean, the the thing I remember most about Julia Child is she, whatever she did, she did with some wine. <laughs> and uh, when she picked up that first glass of wine, I just had to laugh. But no, I, I'm totally in. And I would have watched more if I hadn't wasted time watching Bridgerton. But for real. <laughs> All right. Let's, so. let's move on. I think you guys are giving that two thumbs up. Oh, uh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Picard. 
And this episode was basically we find out that there's more than one Picard in this uh, Picard show. Time so frame. yeah, so we we uh, find out about Renee Picard and her mission. And I the thing is is I do remember in an episode Picard talking about one of his ancestors' flu mission. Like I totally remember this. Right. And so I was like, oh, nice. They're putting it all all together. And apparently when we see Q snap in the episode before and it doesn't work, I'm going with she's either like a fixed point or she has protection from the watcher so she can't be affected. I think that's where I'm going with that. Why? So instead of snapping, he's now decided to get in her head to try to get her off the mission. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, Picard has a cool conversation with the watcher and he finds out what's going on and they go on. And she looks just like his Romulan honey. Yeah. Which I feel like means that the Romulan honey is probably his watcher. That's my theory. Um, anyway, so you've got that going on and then she's like, okay, when we go on this mission, Make sure none of us talk to her. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be broken in the next episode. Like, I, that's my prediction that Picard is can't won't be able to help himself and he's going to end up talking to her. Um, my only negative is that the whole Borg Queen thing. Um, why is, Al- is Allison Pill's character always evil? Like last season, she was evil for a different reason. And this season, she's being taken over by Borg. I was like, she could not win. Like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, so that's actually, I've actually, instead of being cool with that, I'm kind of annoyed. Like, have her do something else. Do something different. That's all. She's all number right. two on the call sheet. If she didn't want to be evil, she could have probably talked him out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I thought the, I thought the uh, bus, uh, you know, the bus heist, or what do you want to call it? Prison break, or... I mean, we'd already figured out the Borg Queen had gotten inside of Jurati, so that was just like, you know. I knew something I mean, wasn't right with that. Yeah, it was. It was very obvious that something else happened because they cut away and they didn't let us see the whole event. So I was like, uh, something's going on with that. But uh, Allison, what do you what do you think? Uh, you know, I it, everything about this is just turning out to be so predictable. Um, I mean, the whole thing with the Borg Queen, like you said, I, I was just. From from the moment that she was she was goading her, I thought yeah, she's going to find a way to she'll either end up in inside the hostage that she's holding, or she's going to get back into to uh, what's her name's head, Girardi's right. head, um, and she'll she'll and and sure enough, the the latter turned out to be true. Especially you know when when they outright killed her, I thought well she, you know that's not going to end that way. Um, they, they're they're going to bring her back. They're not going to build this character up all this way just to get rid of her in some minor fashion, like halfway through. So uh, yeah, that was predictable. The, the whole thing with, with Q and, and Dr. Sung and his daughter is just like, uh, I mean, you know, I've been wondering why they didn't take her back. She appeared at the very beginning of the series and then she disappeared. And I thought, well, you know, are they doing anything with her? Well, apparently, yes, (laughs) they are. Um, I don't mind that one, that story as well as yet, at least, because I'm not sure where it's going. 
Well, except that it's a recycling of the same kind of, you know, mad doctor does this to save loved one, you know, thing um, and brings humanity to the brink of destruction. Um, it's it, it's the it's a trope. And I would like the show to be more inventive than this, but apparently not. They're just leaning on on old, easy things. And that's a shame. I really love Patrick Stewart and. I would like to see them do more with with, with think, the situation and these characters. And I think just the stuff so that's fun. going on with him is interesting. I think that I I'm not going to disagree yet on this because I don't know where they're going exactly with Sung's character because we know he has to build the positronic brain. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure where this is going, but I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for right now. How about that? All right. The, the thing with prequel, the thing with prequels is you, you know where they have to end up. Right. But that doesn't mean the journey to get there has to be dull and predictable. Correct. And too many times prequels always go the safe route and just connect the dots simply. So I, I, I think that, you know, I, I can't disagree with Allison on that. <laughs> All so. right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Pachinko, and I think it's episode three for Pachinko. So, uh, Tom and Allison, what'd you guys think? I totally could have predicted that she was going to end up preggers with the handsome suit dude who of course has another family and, uh, was, would not marry her. Just wanted to keep her as a mistress. And she has more self-esteem than that, thankfully. But I didn't see that the missionary dude would end up I could see him falling for her, but I did not see that he would actually propose to her knowing that she was with child. And uh, that was kind of an interesting twist. This kind of, this makes me wonder if the book is inspired by real life events, just because there seem to be so many interesting specific details. It almost seems too good to be completely fictitious. But, uh, and in the present day, in the present day, or the 1989 storyline, I was not surprised that uh, Grandma was able to win over the, uh, the the older Korean woman who would not sell her property. I did the calculation, and that's like millions of dollars. I mean, like 1.8, just crazy money for that little plot of land. So, uh, but I, I thought it was interesting that Grandma, the two grandmothers connected and it was basically, uh, kids these days, I tell you, <laughs> they have no respect. But um, I thought it was fascinating when she went to the went to the father in the pachinko par- parlor and said, I, I need to go back. She, uh, you know, your aunt needs to be buried in Korea or her ashes need to be scattered in Korea. Mm-hmm. So I, ju- I just love this cast. And it's it's interesting that this show, I don't have a problem with the, you know, with the subtitles. I don't have a problem keeping up with the subtitles. Whereas on Halo, I sewed out a couple of times and had to rewind to catch the <laughs> subtitles when we had that alien whatever thing going on. But yeah, the cast is great, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. Yeah, I, I should actually give a shout out because there are some some uh, things that have wonderful subtitles and other shows that have terrible subtitles. And they have great subtitles. They're extremely easy to read, and they pace them in a way that you can keep up with the dialogue 
without going, wait a minute, I have to roll that back to read the second line. Um, so yeah, I noticed the same thing. It's, it's very easy to keep up with. So kudos to them for that. Um, I, I was actually not surprised in the least that he asked her to marry him because we know that she ends up in Osaka and she has to get there somehow. And I knew Mm. it was going, it was not going to be by the, the, you know, (laughs) the dude who's already married. Um, well-dressed creep. Yeah, the well-dressed creep, because he's just going to keep her there while his family is is in Japan, and it'll all work out great for him. He has no intention of doing anything like that, so I knew she was going to have to get there somehow. And as soon as he, like, collapsed in front of the inn, um, I figured, okay, they nurse him back to health, and in gratitude, he marries her. Especially, you know, he's listening to this conversation going on in the other room while he's recovering, and you can tell he's especially because he's motivated by this this um, deep religious passion uh, that he's he feels that he owes them. And this is this is something he's going to do, you know, as as a good Christian, he's going mm-hmm. to help this girl. So I, I that that was not surprising to me. But um, I loved how everything was handled this you know, the cast is so fantastic. So good. And, and, and you feel the, the, the tragedy of what's going on and the, the relationship especially between the mother and Sunja um, is, is just so affecting. I, 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 the connection between them, it's like you, you have to sort of stop yourself and go, wait a minute, they're just actors. They're not actually related to each other um, because they're so good. Uh, the, the modern day stuff, I really wanted to slap the grandkids so much. He just makes me crazy. Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, cause not very wise. No, not at all. Um, and very transactional everything. I mean, he's in the right profession for it, I guess, but he just seems so soulless at the beginning. He really does. And the, the, when he brings his, his grandmother the the elderly sunja to meet this woman um he just seems like he's completely out of his depth it's almost like watching him regress to being an infant while the two adults talk Mm -hmm. um because he's so out of this i do love that the uh the landowner called him out for oh you think you brought your grandmother who's my age and i'm gonna do the deal (laughs) and then she surprises us by doing the deal all Uh, right so you 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 guys are saying thumbs up, right? Oh, yeah. It's oh, great. way up. It's, it's such great. a good show. I, I really recommend this highly. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Slow Horses, which I blame Peter for watching because last night he's like, okay, I'm about to watch Slow Horses. And then today he's like, I totally didn't watch Slow Horses. And I did. <laughs> so I watched the first two episodes. And I'm not mad because it was amazing. And it's uh, starring... Um, God. What is Gary, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. And though it's not his story, it is he's the boss of this deep, not really defunct, but it's like, you know, when you screw up and they say, you're going to be sent to Siberia. In uh, <laughs> MI5, when you screw up, they send you to something called Slough House, which is pretty much the same idea. So this is where the the agents that are not quite bad enough to be fired outright but they basically have no more future 
in MI5. And so they just get sent there to kind of do grunt work, crappy work. Uh, they have this, this scene where uh, the secretary of the place is handing out assignments and everybody's assignments are like from a decade ago. Like it's super boring, tedious stuff and everybody hates their jobs. And, but it's from the point of view of this guy who just got sent there. He, we get to see his screw up in the, um, in the teaser, in the teaser, they show what he does that gets him sent there. And you just kind of see, he wants to be an agent badly and he wants to figure out how to get out of there. So he's, and he just really wants to do good. And, and the question is, did he really screw up? And if he did, it's like he got one. You got he, like his screw up was significant. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was a small mistake. And it's crazy that then his whole career is just done. So he's really I don't just think, trying. I don't, I don't think he screwed up. I think the other guy screwed. Him I up. do too, actually. Now that we've met the other guy, because at the time when it was happening, we didn't know who that guy was. But now that we know who that guy is, I agree with you. I think that guy screwed up and let him hang for it. Um, and he really tried to fix it in the moment and it did not work out for him. <laughs> uh, did you, did you watch the both of them or just one Tom? I got through half of episode two. Uh, the dude who plays, uh, river, the young, the young agent. Yeah. yeah. He looks like, uh, he looks like a, a slightly buffer British Aaron Paul from breaking bad. Mm, I wouldn't bit. have said that. I would have said he looks like a younger version of the guy from black sales. Actually, oh, interesting. But um, he's good and charismatic. And kudos, they got Jonathan Price to play his grandfather. Oh yeah, he's a retired yeah. MI5 agent. Yeah. So I no, wish I, you had uh, seen the end of the episode, because dude, the cliffhanger's insane. Yeah, well, I had to get, I had to drive to my destination so I could podcast from here. Um, no, I, I'm in. It's it's really interesting. What's funny is it's kind of an ensemble-ish drama, but it really does focus on uh, on this uh, Jack Loudon's character, and uh, with just a little, they they show enough of Gary Oldman to warrant paying him a huge paycheck. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I feel like he he wants to go back to being a good agent, but in his whole like self-preservation he's very much about this is it this is where we're going to be and he likes to beat it into all his other agents to make them feel as useless as he feels but i think underneath all that gruff he you know they talk i don't know if you got far enough but somebody talks about his past and what how he ended up there and you get the feeling he was a brilliant agent he was a really Uh good agent and now he's not um, but I think he's got that underneath all that crusty curmudgeony surface. So I think that this case that they're working on is going to bring that out. I think it's really interesting. I mean, this kind of makes me want to read the book because it's an adaptation. And also I thought it was fascinating. We think about the alt-right just being in the U S and we forget that other countries are having very similar problems that we are right. in terms of, you know, uh, nationalism, you know, anti, anti, you know, brown immigrants and stuff. Yeah. Anti immigrant hysteria. So the case, this initial case, and I'm sure that this can't be the whole case for the series. So 
Well, there's a, clock, address, there's, a, there's a ticking clock on this one, so no. I don't think there's so. a ticking clock on this one, but considering how many episodes it is, I'm sure that there's a larger plot at work. Right. So, right. no, but I'm in. I, I'm definitely, you know, I, Apple's, I think they have the probably the second best development people to Disney Plus, in my humble opinion. I don't know. It's neck and neck. I think, the, I think Apple takes bigger swings. They do. I, I will give them that. Yeah. Disney really plays it safe. It's like, we'll refresh that franchise that we own now thanks to the Fox acquisition. Right. So their stuff is, I'm not saying their stuff isn't good. It's great. I totally want to work on that stuff. Oh, no, no. It's good. Yeah, but, it's good. But, Apple, but yeah, Apple's taking Apple bigger swings. Some big swings. And sometimes you miss, but it's not like Netflix where their batting average is terrible. Right. Uh, so I would say yes if you haven't given this a shot absolutely check it out and holy crap that finale uh, the cliffhanger for season 2 or episode 2 is just like mind blowing ha well, I'm going to watch it when I get home alright so next up we're going to talk Halo and this is episode 2 of Halo and uh, this one is a much slower paced episode than the first one it's a lot more character development. It's some flashbacks. It, they really want you to get to know who John is as a person. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mind it. I mean, the first one was, was a whole lot of action, a lot of blowing up, a lot of blood, a lot of guts. But uh, I think you need this to get attached to John's character, to, to feel anything for him. So really breaking down what it means to be a Spartan about all the implants he has. And you see, he's been conditioned since he was a little kid, like getting all of that really gives you a better idea. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, Tom and Allison, since you guys don't play the game, what did you think of that backstory? Um, I liked it. I liked this episode a lot more than I liked the first episode because it was much more character driven. Right. And like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a gamer. Um, so all the shoot 'em up stuff only goes so far with me. What I really liked here was getting to know the characters more and getting to know their motivations and getting that bit of backstory from for John was was really nice seeing, you know, where he comes from and also, you know, it it was also partly to let us know what's going on with the friend that he visits. Right. Otherwise it would have been who's he? Um and why should I care? So what was interesting is that he the, the apparently some of them do manage to get away from this conditioning they do manage to escape and his friend is a an example of that um i i loved all the stuff that they were talking about all the 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 background and um i also liked i was i was intrigued by the design that they had going on too with with this this kind of city that they've got going in an asteroid. A, yeah. Yeah. in an asteroid belt, you know, with all these things tethered together and all of that. And the e-ticket ride that you take to go from <laughs> one to the other. Um, it's like, this, if this was just a Disney property, you know, that would be the next ride on the, in yes. the park. Um, if all of that still had theme parks. <laughs> that's true. That Yeah. So all, all of that was, was great stuff. And it really kind of, and, and I like also, I think the part that intrigues me more is really getting to know more about the aliens of the covenant. And we got to see that, you know, obviously their, their lead human representative um, is now going to be acting as some kind of mole, some kind of spy. Uh, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. So 
this was a much better episode. I'm more inclined. I'm more interested in what's going to happen than I was after episode one. Okay, Tom. I have a nit to pick. I have a nit to pick. I agree with everything Allison said, except for at the very end when John turns himself into the whatever the good guy, the alleged good guys are supposed to be. That it took that walk of shame or whatever took for freaking ever. It's like really, really, just come on. He's walking. He's walking. He's walking. It's like, oh my gosh, just get to it. <laughs> we're walking. So. We're walking. Uh, Peter, and... did you have any thoughts? My only thing was, yeah, I I enjoyed the episode. I really like. Um, I forgot the actor's name. Bokeem. What's his name? Tom. Bokeem Woodbine. Woodbine. Great. He's always. He's always. Even if he's in something bad, he's always a really engaging actor. Um, so I liked this episode too. The only thing I didn't like, because I watched the episode twice, was the first time I saw it, I don't like that scene where they go and they meet the guy who knew the cup, who was pro. Oh, the crazy man? It's oh, just that just, the top. that, that just like, seemed like it's, it's very standard. I mean, that could have been taken from the original Dracula. It could have been taken yeah, from, I'm it, just it just like, seemed like, uh, very true by the numbers. It's just yeah. so, I was just like, oh, I was like, dial this in, man. Let's bring this down. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, but 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 yes. But beyond that, I agree. Um, and it's interesting how they're also setting up Quan because he leaves her there, but obviously she's not happy with now who's in charge of the colony. You know, who's that jerk guy from Torchwood that I never like? Who also I didn't like on the experience. Burn Gorman, who yeah. always yes. plays bad guys. Always. This is his forte. This is yeah. It's just he plays movie. that. Yeah, that thing, and it drives me crazy. So I'm assuming she's going to want to go off and, like, take care of business, even though technically she's not a soldier. So I'm assuming that's a path that she's going to go down, and then obviously the chief's going to have to help her. But the big thing, of course, is I'm, especially because uh, I play the game, I'm very anxious for the Cortana project to get going. I'm assuming it's the next episode because he's back with Halsey, She's obviously trying to manipulate him. We know that we know the project's going to get going. So I'm excited to see that finally happen. Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. So so thumbs up. I mean, it's still, it's still not the best show ever, but um, thumbs up for me. Yep. Uh, I'm. I, I I say this. I agree with that uh, assessment. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Moon Knight, and this was episode one, and I watched it with my brother who. Hadn't even seen a trailer at all. So he knew nothing about Moon Knight. And we watched it together. And so I at least knew there was multiple personalities. And I liked the moment where he figured it out. He was like, wait a minute. Are there multiple personalities? Is he not the same person? Like, so that was actually really cool and gratifying. I will say the opening scene with Ethan Hawke putting that glass in his shoes. I was like, what is going on, dude? Um, and then I was like, oh, that's why he uses a cane, because he can't walk, because he got glass all in his feet, so, yeah, that was crazy. Um, I think that Oscar Isaacs is doing a fantastic job, like, I, his character, Steven, is just this side of, like, what, like, his confusion is great, and so you as the audience are just riding along with him, trying to put the pieces together. So I thought this was a really, really stellar pilot for me. Yeah, I agree. I and I 
don't know anything about Moon Knight. I never read the comic. The only thing I know is is the trailers that they were showing and a couple of little articles that said, you know, oh, yeah, he has multiple personalities. So that that was kind of it uh, as far as as far as my understanding of the character went. And I was not even really terribly excited about this because I don't know anything about the character. So it was it it nevertheless managed to grab me i i think oscar isaac is fantastic in it i mean he's wonderful anyway but he really pulls it out with with this and i i completely believe the the character that he created um his accent maybe is a little like, slightly studied but it's very very consistent and uh the 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 way he changes the timbre of his voice doesn't sound fake it just sounds like that's the way he talks um, so I really loved that. I I think, you know, there's a, a thing with a lot of these type of shows where you have a character who doesn't know what's going on, who's thrust into a situation where all sorts of madness is happening. And a lot of the times they they don't know how to have the character react. So you're looking at this just going, why don't you just ask a question? Or why don't you just do this? Or, or whatever. And instead, uh, throughout this whole thing, I felt like, yeah, that's how confused I'd be if I was thrown <laughs> into that. That's totally how I'd react. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I appreciated that. He, he wasn't a complete dummy. He was like, even, even though the voice in his head of F. Murray Abraham thought he was a moron. Mm. Um, I, I thought all of that was terrific. Ethan Hawke's character, I think, so far is kind of interesting. I mean, he's not... Uh, I, I, Ethan Hart Hawk plays uh, extremists very well. You know, yes, having 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 just seen him in in the uh, in the Good Lord Bird, which he was completely off his ripped bird. off by not getting. <laughs> oh, he was completely nuts, but he was also ripped off by not being at least nominated for an Emmy for that performance because it was astonishing. But he he went in a completely different direction here, and he's very subdued and almost rational. Um, you, you, when he's talking to him about, wouldn't you like to, to have not had the, the rise of Hitler or the rise of this, this totalitarian or mm -hmm. this atrocity happen? And it's like, sure, that's reasonable. Um, now what, what he's going to do to go about that, it turns out not to be, but it's his, his explanations sound rational. He doesn't sound like he's completely nuts. I, so I, I, I here, I don't know if you know, this, this is a quick aside, the reason he got the role is because he ran into Oscar Isaacs at a Starbucks. <laughs> they they, they ran. Awesome. He, Oscar Isaacs had already gotten this role. They ran into each other at a Starbucks, and Oscar Isaacs was like, "Oh, I loved you in the Good Lord Bird," and he's like, "Oh, uh, thanks." And they start chatting, and he tells him, "I'm on this show, Moon Knight, and we're looking for our villain," and and he was like, "Oh, I think you'd be great," and so he's like, "I'd love to work with you." And then, and he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right. And then that night he said he got a call from Marvel and he was offered the role. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's a different way to get parts. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just had to share that. I... All the best deals would be made at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom, that's go funny. ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted, but yeah, I I've, just. I've been a fan of the character since I've got the complete run of the first series that ran of uh, started in 1980 and ran a couple issues and what i was surprised to find in fine marvel tradition there have been many permutations and takes on the characters since then 
So in, in the beginning, he didn't have he had multiple secret identities, not multiple personalities. But that's a new twist that somebody brought to the party later. So I'm along for the ride. Uh, I'm a big fan of Oscar Isaac. I mean, like he he makes really interesting choices. And the fact that he will do big, huge studio blockbusters like Dune and then smaller movies like last year's The Card Counter. And they're all good. He he will deliver a solid performance no matter how big the budget is. So I, I'm just you know, it, I think it's great that Marvel took this is a this is finally a big swing for Marvel Studios on Disney Plus, and I think it's going to pay off because uh, it's an interesting character that has enough similarities to other superhero tropes with just a touch of supernatural stuff going on, and it's got a great cast. All right, Peter. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm okay on it. Um, I really like. I agree with Allison that uh, Ethan Hawke is is really good in these kind of roles. He's my favorite part of the show so far. Um, I love Oscar Isaac. Of course, he's great. You know, like I, I just, I don't know. There's just something about Hawke and that type of character, this kind of cult leader, that I find very like engaging. Um, I don't know, like, yeah. It's, I don't think, I mean, it's not like the, I'm not saying it's the worst show ever, but I will say thinking about it, I do think it might be my least favorite. Wait, have we had four or five Disney plus Marvel shows? We've had several. I don't know. Uh, Like five ish. I think this is my least favorite pilot. Like when I think of the WandaVision pilot, the Falcon pilot. I would disagree. I think the WandaVision pilot was actually not good. It doesn't get good until later, but that's beside. Um, oh, I, 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 I thought that was that, super but... slow. I thought WandaVision was a super slow pilot. No, I love I love the well, I mean, I'm more of a sitcom person and I think Allison agrees with me. I really like them diving into it these sucked different me in from the very beginning. Yeah, I really I love WandaVision. But anyway, off topic. Well, anyway, off topic. So for Go me, I, yeah, so for me, this is I don't know anything about Moon Knight the character. I want to know more. I do like the cast. Um, I just, eh, like, I don't, I don't know. You, you know what I think it is? I don't know if I find, which is essentially this, I don't know if it's necessarily a MacGuffin, but I mean, it's essentially like the, the Moon Knight or Steve, the Steven slash Mark are tasked with a certain thing and all that stuff. And I'm like, eh, like, oh, it's the Scarab, right? Which is basically a little bigger than a, uh, the snitch from Harry Potter. Like, right. Uh, That's, they're all after that for some reason. Right, we don't know why. Thing. Right. We don't know why. And I'm like, is that that interesting? Like, this is one of those weird shows where I'm like, but I mean, that's not the point of the pilot. The pilot's not about, Oh my God, we have to get the scarab. The point of the pilot is what the heck is going on. Yeah. I just, Seriously. I don't know. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm in, it's only six episodes. Um, but I guess for me, I'm the most lukewarm of the of the four of us. That's all, I guess. All right. Well, let's move on. I'd say the rest of us, other than Crazy Peter, are giving it thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we're going to talk about episode eight of Severance. And I'm going to give Peter the, the seat oh, to, to talk. It blows Moon Knight away, please. Like, uh, <laughs> What did like, you think of episode eight? It's, yeah, I, I love Severance. I think Severance is my favorite show of the year so far. Um, I thought that the the well, one, it's a great cliffhanger, like right <laughs> of like of of the switch. Also, I keep thinking, although I was thinking this in my mind. Wait, they knew 
wait, so they know that in order to do the the emergency override, you need it has to be two people that switch right, it, right? Right. And and then so, he says that the what's his name? He says I can do it. It doesn't matter. I don't really? need second yeah, person. I'm like, why did you why didn't they do two people? That would have been Well, well the problem is how do they convince four of them, right? How, right. How do you keep and you get two people to stay after hours. Right, you can only, yeah, excuse. yeah. For the waffle party, it's only one person, so they couldn't figure out how oh, to get a second person. True. Oh, yeah. And by the way, waffle party, can, super can, can weird we and creepy. Can we waffle party, please? Oh <laughs> my gosh, what the heck was that? What was going on? I was like, what? Wow. why is everybody wearing Even a mask? If I didn't have a secret mission, I would beat feet out of there. Holy <laughs> What was going on with that waffle party, man? I was like, because at the end of the plate, he finishes his waffle, is like, go to the bed. And I was like, why is he going to the bed? And then he puts the mask on. I was like, why did he put the mask on? And then these women and then some random dude all come out and dance for him. And I was like, what Check in these? the... I know. I was like, I what is say... happening? I mean, it really, it was like something from like a 19th century dungeon. It was, you know, one of those sex dungeon things I from the Victorian it's... period. It or was from Eyes weird. Wide Shut. Or open yes, yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. Like, yeah. Where is this coming so... from? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, well, my it's God. It's, it's, so, it's so, like, isolating and strange. But it's funny because it's coming because the last the last episode was liter- was was called uh, Defiant Jazz, and that's like <laughs> that, that that party was off the hook. Like that was, <laughs> like, that was great, you know. Like so, yeah. So compared to that, I was like, this is a weird. Like this whole thing is strange. Like yeah. So I agree with you guys. Well, and then and then what's her name got fired? Uh, the boss, Patricia Arquette. Yeah, I forgot her name yeah. on the show, but she got Wait, fired, yeah, and that was fantastic. Her reaction to getting she fired was, not was happy. so good. That was so good. Well, she's it, it's, positive. It's, it's not so much she's been fired; she's been thrown out of the cult. Yes, I mean this was this was her religion. Right. This was her life, right? And and they completely tossed her out of it. This. Actually, this this uh, particular episode had so many things. It was also Mrs. Casey got the boot, and mm-hmm. we don't know where she goes to. But in the, that you know, dark tunnel that leads to uh, the dark. Tunnel. Oh, and you know well, what yeah, that also thing, means? It only goes down. Right, it only but goes what it, down. What it but means what, is what I thought the... was so intriguing was that we have that cold open with with Irving, yes. whose Audi version is is just compulsively obsessively painting the same black painting over black and over but it's the hallway it's that same hallway and then right. and then right. we realize right. when she gets into the elevator and the light goes on that's it that is what he he is obsessed with and probably is i mean doesn't in, in his waking state doesn't understand what that is but whatever it is it's traumatizing enough that he keeps painting it over and over again so it does make me worry where they they are sending her to well it means also that irving's been down that hallway which means yes. that irving's personality this is not the first personality that he's had it's very likely you know they may have wiped him and created a new one again yes yeah so i mean no. it's 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 kind of a death metaphor this is this is where personalities go to die yeah, that whole thing was super creepy. Like, all of it. It's just, all of it's disturbing. Like, this whole show, like, does stuff to your mind. You're like, what does that mean? I don't know, man. Every time you think that they've gotten as weird as they can possibly get, they go, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> and then I love the part where they were like, they were drinking something. They were like, you think the goats made the eggs? Oh, that's what it was. And I was like, 
goats don't lay eggs. Wait, what? And then I was like, do goats lay eggs? Like, I had this weird moment because they were talking. I was like, oh, they're screwing around. Okay. Like, yeah, okay, it's, it's like you can't tell whether they're joking or not at first right. and go, oh, I'm, I'm going to lean on joke, maybe. But the one thing I found very intriguing, just as the got, we got to the end and Dylan is trying to pull both levers, mm-hmm. um, we have little cuts away to the, the other characters and what they're doing on mm-hmm. the outside. And we get a less than a second shot of Heli. Right. And she's at a cocktail party. Right. Yep. And we know that Lumen is has got having... some Prince of Lumen cocktail party going on that right. night. They've got an event going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's all dressed up and has a cocktail in her in her hand. And so this this just makes me wonder, you know. And we know that she's terrible on the outside. So who is she really? And I actually went back and I looked at some of the earlier episodes. And in the second episode where they introduce her on the outside and show her getting the uh, severance operation, they bring her down to the this hallway to where the um, the stairwell is. And Milchik, you know, lets, lets her walk in and out where she finds out that, you know, her brain can't process the, the interior, her outside personality can't process the interior. She just keeps ending up again and again and again in, in the stairwell from her uh, perspective. But before he, right before he does that, he says, he says to her, and I thought this was fascinating. He says, we were so excited when we heard that you were coming. It's like a miracle. No, it's Mm. not like it's a miracle. We're expecting great things. And Uh. I'm, yeah, that was a, it's like at the time he said it, I thought, well, that's a little excessive, but you know, they use hyperbole. Now I'm thinking he used that phrase for a reason. Hmm. I think I I really think she's one of she's one of the the family upper she's echelon side people. She's an upper echelon person. She doesn't have. I was looking to see uh, if her her when they were pulling when Dylan was trying to get to the lever if her last initial was E and it's not it's R. But I mean she could be born into the family and just took her husband's name so who knows um but yeah i think she's someone who's very important in the power structure can i can i ask you guys uh, oh go ahead tom sorry i want to know do we think milchik is the one who narked on harmony no because he was surprised when she got fired and it was a secretary yeah he he was surprised and also one of the things that she, she got knocked on, he didn't know. So, no, it wasn't. Oh, him. that's true. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because that's the first person Harmony blame when she's right. trying to right. <laughs> salvage her dignity. Uh, Peter, what was your question? So, do you guys have uh, – look, I was fortunate enough that um, I've actually seen the finale. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going oh. to say anything. Um, but I was just curious. I just wanted to hear what prediction, what do you guys think is going to, for you, because you guys know there's a second season coming, what do you guys think they need to do in the finale to, for, because, because obviously not everything's going to be finished because then you wouldn't have a season two. I'm just curious from you guys, what are you guys thinking going into this finale? I'm not thinking anything. 
Because Severance does not follow standard storytelling tropes. Seriously. So mm-hmm. I am genuinely not trying to predict a thing. I am 100% along for the ride. Uh, but I do like Allison's connection about Heli R. Uh, I think that I think she's spot on on that. Uh, but I'm not. This is not one of the shows where I was like, I think this, and I figured out this twist. Like I don't, I don't even try because the show just does whatever the heck it's going to do. <laughs> Too many things come out of left field. It's like whatever I predict, I know it's probably going to be wrong. Yeah. Well, if considering that. Um... Considering that Harmony is at the same party with Mark, with Mark? and his family, that's not going to be pretty. No. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever happens, not going to be pretty. Yeah. And Rickon's an idiot, but we all know that. Who's an idiot? Rickon, his brother-in-law. The brother-in-law. Oh yeah. His, his BS book. book all oh, right. When they start reading the definitions, I'm like, dude, you are so full of. I mean, I know. I, I, I know <laughs> but what's so point. crazy is that book has given them so much inspiration at work. That's the thing that blows my mind. <laughs> well, I really like that. They've though. been severed. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it does sound inspirational if you don't know anything, <laughs> <laughs> which you they don't. Knowledge of other books. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, obviously, it. we're saying thumbs up for Severance. We cannot oh, wait yeah. for the finale. Yay! Yeah. All right. And then I want season two to come real fast because I need more. I don't know about real fast. I think they just started. So yeah, I think they just started in March. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, when did this, when did we get episode one of this? Two months ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. About that, yeah. Yeah, because they dropped two. That so, it'll weekend. probably be next year. Yeah, it'll yeah, be February. Early 2023 or it's whatever. It's going to be a long wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap that up. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to TV Campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook at sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Goodbye.